0: Hey guys, what's up? This is Jason from That's A Wrap. Uh, this is going to be a new podcast. This is going to be a solo podcast. Honestly, I'm just trying to do something new, uh, something I was afraid of to do before the decade ends. So I'm recording this on a Tuesday on December 31st, the last day before the decade ends, and the new decade begins. And I want to throw this out there. I want to try something new, something I was afraid of before the new decade begins, before I regretted it because, you know, I just wanted to try it. I, want, I wanted to tell myself that I could do it. So here it is. Here's me trying to do a solo podcast. I've always been afraid of doing it. And I have so much respect for uh, people like Sean Woodley, um, people like Will Lou who, who do these on a regular, uh, do this uh, solo podcast. I don't know how you guys do it. It's it's quite inspiring. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, so again, I, this is not an episode where I'm telling you that I'm scrapping that wrap or anything like that or I'm leaving my two co-hosts behind because God knows... I need them more than they need me. Trust me. But I just wanted to try something new. Something I was afraid of before I regret it. uh, Before the new decade begins. So if you kind of look at this year. There's been a lot of like completions and finales. And just thinking pop culture wise. Like you got the Game of Thrones finale. You got the Avengers endgame. You got Star Wars uh, ending of course. And if you're trying to tie up loose ends. If you come full circle when it comes to the Raptors. I wanted to see if I could go through the decade with you go through each year individually talk about what happened in those years talk about personally what i went through when watching this this raptor team throughout the decade and if you guys uh if i you know missed something on those years or if something stood out to you that i didn't mention please please share it with me and with uh Machu as the co-host on twitter at that's a rap because this this is a f- raptors podcast for fans by fans and i am one of the biggest fans in my own heart for for this raptors team so here it is it's it's uh that's a rap podcast for with myself your host uh jason here we go To another episode of that's a wrap a podcast by fans for friends the last episode of the year and of this decade so as I said in the opening I just wanted to try a solo podcast a different podcast purely for my own sake and ultimately to try something I was scared of doing um, this past year and ultimately of the decade and before I start I, I just want to let you guys know that you know what as a decade ends, I want you guys to do try something that you guys are afraid of, you guys that you've been thinking of doing. I don't know, whatever it is, asking that girl or guy out, uh, doing a solo podcast, starting a podcast, doing um, a vlog, writing a blog, whatever it is that you want to start, do it. Just do it. Who cares? It'll be for yourself. And ultimately, if if people start to tag along and and kind of share your own thoughts, that's that's the ultimate goal, right? I mean, we started this podcast maybe a year ago when Kawhi got traded uh, to the Raptors, and. Um, this was a podcast that I wanted to do for a very long time and kind of the stars kind of aligned and and now we have a pretty cool following and you guys have been so great to us uh, giving us feedback, telling us positive things, telling us negative things that we should work on which is ultimately fantastic and what we all need. So for this last episode, uh, again I just wanted to do this myself uh, as a solo episode and I was thinking it'd be kind of a cool idea to go through the entire decade uh, as Raptors fans, as a Raptors team and and ultimately just as a in general see see how much this team has grown uh see much how much this fan base has grown and where we are today from from 2010 all the way to the championship run all the way until now so let's get started 2010 2011 um i I kind of wrote this down chronologically of who won the nba championship uh what our records was and what you know the what happened throughout the year, and also personally what happened for myself as a Raptor fan. So in 2010-2011, that was not a good year. Um, Our record was 22 wins and 60 losses. We had Jay Triano as our coach, which was kind of cool because it was the first Canadian coach in the NBA, head coach at least. We finished last in the Atlantic division and we had roster of a rookie DeMar DeRozan, Andrea Bognani, Jose Calderon, and the like. Um, This was the first year Personally, I did fan patrol, and if you guys been been listening to myself, Trey and Jay, um, we talked about we talked about this a couple of times. Where me and Jay kind of met uh, when we were working the fan patrol. If you guys don't know what fan patrol is, go to a Raptors game or kind of remember back in the Raptors when last time you went to a Raptors game. If you see those guys and girls running around with backpacks with uh, full of flags and and shirts and stuff. And I don't know how it is now. Uh, they do a fantastic job rallying up the crowd, but that was our job. Our whole point of it was to rally up the crowd. And again, our team wasn't very good, so it was hard to get people to, say, call defense or offense or cheer or whatever, or boo when the opposing team was shooting a free throw. But it was fun. Like I got to go to every game, all 41 games on that year. I had a backpack full of... uh, you know clothes and or shirts rolled up shirts so i got to throw into the crowd rally up the crowd and it's crazy how many people love free t-shirts i mean it's just a free it's just a shirt really but the fact that you can grab it in the air from um from someone who threw it to you and one of the best parts is when you're walking up and down the aisles and you see kids who are kind of just like uh young young kids who probably have been the first time uh, viewing a Raptors game and you come up there and you're like, hey, how you going? How you doing little bud and and you give them a flag and not only are the kids elated But the parents are so so happy and that was the most fun for me Because they you, you just know that you just want to give the kid experience that uh, the, the best experience That that they could ever have so they could come back and over and over again and just kind of have that fandom and a, a little bit just a little bit of of us of the fan control, patrol, well, my, myself, uh, Jay, uh, and also Chris Walder. I know you guys know who Chris is. Um, we were all part of that crew and that gang. It was, a, it was a nice little family. The guys and girls treated me well. It was a really, really fun time for myself, but for the team. That was the year that Chris Bosch left uh, the Raptors to join the Heatles and also the infamous I got us tweet from DeMar Rosen. And also, he also got robbed in the NBA dunk contest. You all remember that showstopper one? Ooh, that was pretty when he like lobbed it to himself and then he like scooped it under and then threw it down. Oh, that was amazing. But he got robbed that year. Anyways, it was a it was kind of a tough year to watch. Um, we all, you know, it was it was nice to see the Heatos lose to the Dallas Mavericks. And um, yeah, I I mean, it was a good year for me because I got to do the fan patrol, but 2010 2011 not the best year and if we move on to 2011 2012 year that was the lockout season so we played let me do that math real quick we played 66 games our record was 23 to 20 uh, 23 wins and 43 losses so in 20 2011 2020. 2011-2012, the AMA Championship that year was the Hitos, and they beat the OKC Thunder. Our coach was uh, Dwayne Casey. That was the first year that we had Dwayne Casey. We finished fourth in the Atlantic Division. Our roster consisted of DeMar Rosen, Andre Bagnani. Amir Johnson of the like. So like I said before, um, this was the lockout season due to the CBA agreement. Um, and the season actually started on Christmas Day. I believe they had five games slated in that Christmas Day. And and also, um, in order to put together, uh, I guess, a, enough games for that season to continue to, to have 66 games, they had to have triple games so instead of having a back-to-back like we do now they had to have three games uh one after the other after the other and that was intense like it was great to watch as a fan it was great to watch back-to-back-to-back basketball but you felt bad for these guys because like could you imagine traveling three times to a different city a different maybe time zone and you have to play a, a game which you've just played like two games beforehand like it it was just it's just incredible how, what they had to go through to to play a regular season and 66 games isn't the isn't the most and whenever you think of a lockout season uh you, you might not like include it as a season but they still have to go through a a finals, they still had to go through a playoff run. So I mean that that was the first year of the Heatles was uh, making it to the finals and winning it finally. But yeah, sixty-six games, that was a lot. Personally for me, uh that on that lockout season, many people uh didn't stay from the previous year I did the fan control. So I left halfway through that season. Again, I didn't work very long, but it was a good time. Um so yeah, 2011 2012. That was the lockout season. That was the first year of Dwayne Casey. Uh, still wasn't, <laughs> we still weren't very good. Um, but, you know, three games in a row, maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday slate of, of Raptor games. Hey, I'm okay with that. All right, moving on. 2012-2013. So the NBA championship uh, was won by, again, by the Heatos over the San Antonio Spurs. Our record was 34 wins and 48 Uh, losses so we finished again last in the Atlantic division but this year was kind of kind of the turning point maybe the tipping point maybe we saw something there so in the summer uh, where we tried to persuade Steve Nash to come home and be kind of the Wayne Gretzky of the Toronto Raptors he ultimately signed with the Los Angeles Lakers and as a contingency contingency plan Colangelo pulled the trigger and traded Gary Forbes and a 2013 first round pick to get a, na- a kid named Kyle Lowry? I don't know who this guy is. Regardless, Kyle Lowry. He was um, coming from, I believe, the Houston Rockets at the time. And he had a really bad reputation of not being able to be coached. Um, so it was, you know, we, we, the whole summer of trying to get Steve Nash. And I remember listening to, uh, I guess, the Five 590 and TSN. And they're all saying, like, oh, what is their pitch going to be? Like, what is the... Uh, the i guess you know the video that they're going to show steve nash to to be the wayne gretzky the be face of canada because he's he's like uh mvp like he's 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 not going to be um putting up the mvp stats of of you know the phoenix days but he's still steve nash he's still for the face of canada basketball to come home to to be the be the face of the toronto raptors is humongous and i guess that i credit to um Brian colangelo understanding that like the the roots that you have to build in, in Toronto and to have Steve Nash there is going to do wonders for basketball in Canada basketball in Toronto. But he ultimately wanted to play for the Lakers. And I believe it was because of family. And I don't, I don't, you know, doubt that. And I think that's, that's good on him. He didn't really do well when it came to playing with Kobe Bryant, but you know, wait, we got Kyle Lowry and we all know where that game ended up. Right. So also midway through that season too, the Raptors, uh, pulled out a three-team trade. So it was a Raptors, Detroit Pistons, and Memphis Grizzlies. And Detroit got our fan favorite, Jose Calderon. Memphis Grizzlies got Ed Davis and Tayshaun Prince. And Toronto got Rudy Gay. So that little triple team of DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay and Kyle Lowry, that was the start of something, at least something. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but let's move on. Uh, that wasn't a very good year for us. We didn't make the playoffs, but it was a start of something, you know, something. All right, let's move on. 2013-2014, the NBA champions that year was San Antonio over the Heatles. Our record was much better, 48-34. and 34. We finished first in the Atlantic Division, but... We lost in the first round of the playoffs. So, personally, was this playoff run was huge uh, for me. Uh, I got to go to a the game. I got to go to a game, uh, game five uh, of the first round, and of course, we were facing the Brooklyn Nets in that first round. And I remember I was sitting way, 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 way up top. I want to say like the almost a press box where you can you can you're you're like an armchair uh, reach from the ceiling, but I was elated. I'm relieved that was the first year of the Weedon North era. That was the F Brooklyn by Masai. That was like the 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 rally cry, right? Uh but before we get through all of that, I'm tell you what happened before this this uh Brooklyn matchup. So, in this year, it 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 marks the beginning of Masai Ujiri, okay? So, his first move of being the GM of the Raptors was to ship Andrea Bagnani, and if you guys don't remember what we got out of this trade, this was straight up thievery from Maasai. and no wonder they're trying to persuade Maasai to become the GM president. I, I like if if the Knicks are gonna give a uh, majority stake to Maasai, like I don't see, I, I could see that happening because this was crazy. So again, in New York Knicks they got Bagnani, right? Toronto, we got Marcus Camby. Steve Novak, Quinton Richardson, and that's just the, you know, that's side, right? The the huge part of it was we got two draft picks out of Andrea Bagnani, a 2014 second round pick and a 2016 first round pick, who became Jakaperto. We know we'll we'll go down the line of the importance of Jakaperto, but the fact that we got three players and two draft picks for Andrea Bagnani, do you guys remember? where we were when there was a few times where Dwayne Casey had to, he had to call a timeout to uh, in order to bring Bargnani into the game because if Bargnani went to the, I guess, scorers table to say, hey, we're going to sub him in, the amount of Toronto Raptor fans that were booing him in the game. So no one is understanding why he's booing except for the fans because they're just, they don't want to see Bargnani anymore. Could you imagine going through a, to a game and seeing Bargnani stand up and booing him, right? Think think about now, retrospectively, Taco Fall, Boston Celtics. Everyone wants to have Taco Taco Fall. Uh, go into the game, right? They're they're calling, they're chanting Taco Taco. Think about the opposite. Think about having Barniani come off the bench and people booing him. Now that that as a as a fan that hurts because you don't want to boo your own player, let alone boo a player that's not even in yet, right? So the fact that we got three players, uh, and two first round draft picks that is straight thievery. Okay, well, that wasn't the only thing that happened in this year. Midway through um, the season, Masai also traded Quincy AC and Rudy Gay to Sacramento for Chuck Hayes, Patrick Patterson, John Salmons, and Grievous Vagets. So John Salmons, uh, I'm not sure you guys remember this, but Chris Bosh, while he was here, he was trying to get a player like John Salmons. And when he didn't want to sign with Toronto, Bosh knew it was time for him to go because he knew that free agents didn't want to sign in toronto back in the day so now that we got someone like john Simmons, and uh, well via trade it's it's just funny hearing that name again uh because you know where how far we've come and we all th- thought this was a year of tanking uh because we we gave up rudy gay and at that time he was still pretty talented he he got a couple of game winners against us i think i went to that portland game where he had like a game winning layup or something like that but he was a pretty big player, so we gave up when we traded Rudy Gay. We didn't really know anybody besides besides John Salmons, honestly, from, from that Sacramento deal. So we thought this was going to be a tanking season. Um, not only that, but because uh, Vaughn's very own Andrew Wiggins was set to be selected first overall that year, all of Toronto was ready for another tanking season, so we could tank for Wiggins. Little did we know that this was the start of a long, long playoff run. the Raptors so like I said before when we started this uh, 2013 2014 this was the first year that we went back into the playoffs and we were going to face a Brooklyn Nets led by KG and Paul Pierce and this was big because this was like kind of an underdog season where you got KG Paul Pierce the Brooklyn Nets who are sending money left right center in order to go into the championship run where this this Raptors team just kind of semi-tanking uh, as a fan base, but this Raptors team, it was like, no, 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 we're going to go for it. We're going to go for that playoff run. So I went to that game five. Okay. I know we lost in game seven, but I went to that game five and I, I I don't remember who, I think it was like Ryan and, or some Alan Anderson or something that used to be a, um, a Raptor and he hit a three. And I was at the end of the game to like, uh, to, I guess like cut it to, two points or something like that and i'm telling you this right now i was like hyperventilating i had the weed north hat and i was like covering my face with it and i was like oh my god i cannot believe we're gonna lose this please don't let us lose this so we ultimately we pulled it off and we couldn't we had a chance to win that series in brooklyn in game six and we didn't do that i think it was andre blatch who said uh we're going no no doubt about it we're going back to Toronto and we're winning that game and I hated it and then when that news came out that Andre Blatch was going to be a free agent and Masai was looking to him was like no 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 I don't want that because he used to be in Brooklyn he said that he he picked the Brooklyn Nets over over the Raptors and and you know if you're if you're an opposing team you have to have that kind of confidence right so I don't I don't blame him for that but it's just the the fact that we couldn't pull it off and we all know what happened in game seven. Uh Patrick Patterson basically pushes Kyle Lowry into like Kevin Garnett and and Kyle Lowry tries to shoot it over, but Paul Pierce uh basically blocks it and, and there you have it. You have Kyle Lowry on the floor and DeMar DeRozan kind of uh being that brotherly brotherly team teammate that was like, you know what, we got this. And no matter what they said, uh in that in that uh on that floor we could tell as a fan base that this was something special and and we could grow from this so dude that was 2013 2014 that was a a i guess an underdog year and that leads me to the next one 2014 2015. so the nba champions for that year was the golden state warriors of the cleveland cavaliers Our record was still really, really good. We finished first in the Atlantic Division. Our record was 49 and 33. Um, As we know throughout the decade, uh, you're going to go through a lot of highs and lows. And for the Raptors, if last year, the previous year, we traded Rudy Gay, went to to the playoffs, that year honestly was a high. This year, 2014, 2015, this was a low. So we started off drafting uh Bruno Caboclo twenty twentieth overall, hoping that he would be the next Giannis of the draft. And of course, with the infamous two years away being two years away quote, and that stuck with him even after his departure from the Raptors. Uh, uh that was this was also the year where we got swept. We got swept by the Washington Wizards in the in the first round of the playoffs. So this tough was lo- uh, this loss was tough. Not only because we got swept in the first round, but because the momentum that we had from last year, uh moving forward from last year was completely stifled from this series. So if you guys don't remember, Paul Pierce, he was the one who quoted uh that the Raptors don't have that it factor. And that was a tough year. That was a that was tough to take from the Raptors fans because the year before we played Paul Pierce, the year after, in this year in 2014, 2015, we played Paul Pierce. And he he until this day, he we're still still going to have that like bitter ugh, Paul Pierce kind of yeah we don't have that it factor but you don't have a ring they'll always have that little rivalry when it comes to Paul Pierce even when he was in Boston or Brooklyn or Wizards we always we always had that like inner anger when it comes to Paul Pierce and even this even to this day with his with his broadcasting smirk and and those glasses and him you know slyly picking the Raptors to win the championship. I remember last year. Okay, we'll we'll get into that later. But I just remember last year when whenever Paul Pierce picked the Raptors, it, uh, Toronto Raptors fans were like, "Oh, great! Raptors are going to lose because Paul Pierce said we're going to win." Like <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but I just I guess it's because the Raptors were just so uh, enamored with the the aura the of of what Paul Pierce brings, like. You Know he is the truth, like I'm gonna give it to him. Like KG, uh, you know, he was a big ticket. Uh, Paul Pierce was the truth. He he made some game winning plays, he made some big buckets for the Wizards, uh, for the Nets, and of course for, for the Boston Celtics. But it's just something about Paul Pierce that I friggin' hate, anyways. Out of all that, we did get a wicked song by Drake called Six Men, referring to Lou William, who eventually won. The six Man of the year that year and the only six man of the year won by a Toronto Raptor so that was the only year we got a sweet Lou but we got uh we got a Drake song out of it but yeah 2014 2015 that wasn't the funnest year that was me trying to tell Raptor fans and uh Raptor pessimistics alike that you know what uh, that sucked that you're sucked but I'm still gonna root for this team all right on to the next one 2015 2016. The MA champions were the Cleveland Cavaliers over the Golden State Warriors. Our record was fantastic. 56 wins, 26 losses. Finished second in the East. Um, but we lost to the we lost to the eventual champs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, in the conference finals. So Last year was a low. This year was a high. This was a big year for the Raptors. After coming off a disappointing playoff outing that saw the Raptors getting swept out by the Wizards, the Raptors seemed to have used that sweep as motivation. This was also a big year for the Raptors as a franchise. So reason why I say that is because Masai, Larry Tannenbaum, and the entire MLSC built their own G League team that was just basically 20 minutes away from Toronto mississauga called the raptor 905 so the 905 being the main area code of the city of course uh their main league teams that there are main league teams that are affiliated with nba teams but not many that which play in the same city so this is this is big time because with the 905 being in such close proximity the raptors were able to easily manage players and coaches alike to build Uh, assist him to build and perform to a standard that the Raptors are familiar with. So when the G League players come up to play in the big league, they're not lost in the schemes or or in the plays because they run the exact same thing and the same practices as the Raptors do, uh, which they do in the 905. So as for the Raptors, though, Kyle Lowry and Damar, they were the two-headed beast, the two-headed monsters, as you will, leading this team to a franchise-best 56 wins. It's clear that they had much higher expectations than just getting out of the first round, the damn first round, which which we did. Uh, we we faced the uh Paul George led Indiana Pacers, and of course we lost the first game, but we got out of the first round, and we also got out of the first round in the Miami Heat series. Um, which we also lost in the first game. So in that Miami Heat series, you got that the, that um whole storyline of. Kawhi Lari, hoodie Kawhi shooting after after game 1 I believe. And he also um got that half court heave that basically went the game to overtime but regardless we still lost that game. But what did come out of it is we won game 7 of the uh, of that 7 game series versus Miami. And why that's so big is because this was going to be the first time the Toronto Raptors went into the conference finals. So after going through years and years of getting out of the first round or trying to get out of the first round, getting swept in the second round or getting swept in the first round, no matter what conference finals, being the last four teams was a big deal for the Raptors. And this is the year where we had Bismack Biambo. And you guys remember that like huge block Biambo block that, that, um, was on LeBron James. That was called a foul that clearly wasn't a foul, but regardless, that was such a, a a good high for the Raptors because we made it to to the fi- to the conference finals and and of course uh, you know going back to the Miami Heat series that was when uh, Jonas Valanciunas was balling out and then he had to face uh, Hassan Whiteside and both of them went out with ankle injuries, <laughs> so uh, we we looked towards uh, Bismarck Biambo and he he all automatically became a fan favorite because of his energy and and his style of play and he didn't shoot at. all like, you know, worth of anything, like his hands were made out of bricks, but his energy and, and how he, he just put everything on the floor and, and how much the fans and players alike loved him so much, um, that he is still this day, he still gets cheers by the Raptors fans. And this was also the year, or at least the playoff one, where after the, uh, the, Series versus the Cavs was finished. Uh, you saw that whole Doris Burke, and she was interviewing LeBron James. and LeBron was basically listening to the crowd, where the Raptors were going back and funneling into the tunnel, uh, going to their locker room, and Raptors fans were still there, uh, uh, chanting "Let's go Raptors," clapping on their team, even though they just lost. And LeBron, uh, being the you know the figure that figurehead that he is, he was like, "Do you hear this? Do you hear this crowd?" Big ups to this city. Big ups to this country. Uh, I've never been in this situation before. Blah blah blah. I'm, you know, speaking out of, uh, out my ass. But that's kind of what he said. And and as a Raptor fan, again, th- that was really big. Um, if you think about that that Cleveland series, we did honestly, honestly speaking even if i remember this call um when we i was listening to fan 590 and eric smith was like we're only we're two wins away to the nba finals and i thought that was great okay i i thought that was so fantastic because yeah you're right we we're only two wins away but we're two wins away against lebron james okay and lebron wasn't he wasn't fully playing he wasn't trying his hardest he was spinning the ball around his uh, around his fingers and 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 you know just Playing like he was in the YMCA still like he doesn't care and he knows that the Raptors wasn't the um, wasn't a team that that was going to knock him down and we I think all Raptors fans wanted to um, not feel that but we did. We knew that this wasn't the year for us. Uh, we wanted. We, we were just happy that we were in the conference finals. We were the four teams left in the NBA out of 30 teams that were, were still there. And the fact that the uh, most of the NBA fans are still watching us, obviously watching us lose uh, to LeBron again, but it was still cool because even when we lost, the Raptors fans were still there chanting, let's go Raptors. It was still a feel-good um year for the raptors going into the conference finals and it was going to be hopefully uh, uh positivity especially how low it was in the last year when we got swept out of wizards at least this was a year of positivity all right going down to, to the next one 2016 2017 the NBA champs that year golden state warriors over cleveland cavaliers our record not too bad not as not as good as the years before but our record was 51 wins and 31 losses finished 3rd in the Eastern Conference but we lost in the conference finals or sorry conference semifinals to the Cavs and of course we got swept so how i thought this year was is this was the year of um optimistic raptor fans versus pessimistic raptors fans um how i say that is because not many raptors or i guess what i would say I maybe i'm one of the few but that was a year where we could see the steady growth that's coming from the young ones right so of course we were going to be led by the the larry Demar jv that was kind of our uh our starting lineup that of course Dwayne casey wasn't going to change that right but we've 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 tried so hard to face you know lebron and and everything and and we, something was going to change, or at least the pessimists were saying, you know, something has to change with the Raptors. But the real, the, the true Raptors fans could kind of see what was happening in the background. And what I say by that is, this was the year when we drafted both Pirtle, ninth pick overall, and Pascal, 27th picker after all, and also signed rookie Fred Van Vleet. Um, this was the beginning of the Raptors' future. So as Raptors were slowly climbing up in standing once again, their G League team, uh, the 905, with players like Siakam, Pirtle, Fred, Norm, DeLon, all of them were playing heavy minutes for the 905, who eventually won the G League title in only the second year of their existence. So that's pretty, pretty impressive. And I believe Siakam uh, won either Defensive Player of the Year or MVP of that year or Finals MVP. I I don't know. Regardless, it's pretty cool that, hey, we did win a title. You know, we did win a title when it came to the g Leagues, uh, and this is just experience when it comes to the younger guys. On the surface level, though, the Raptors met LeBron uh, again, and once again, they beat us in the semifinals, and the Raptors fans could see a trend coming, right? So I come back to the optimistic side versus the pessimistic side. The true Raptors fans were getting tired. Of the same narrative of Raptors not being able to get over the hump of the Cavs, and LeBron would really it was the entire conference the entire eastern conference that couldn't get through the wall that was lebron no one succeeded everybody was going through uh lebron celtics uh pacers uh what have you like the heat whatever no one could get through lebron and the the raptors were the one who were um, Facing LeBron every time for him to either go to the conference finals or going to the finals finals and the narrative is always the Raptors were owned by LeBron when really it was LeBron that was who owned the entire Eastern Conference every single year. So here it is optimistic side Raptors fans. We got our young, uh, our, their young players, our Pascals, or Freddys, or our Norms, or Delon. This is these this is a nice group of young players that we have in our in our G League system and playing some good minutes for the Raptors system. But again, we still got the Dwayne Casey system of Demond Rosen. Uh, Kyle Lowry, that pick and roll, and Jonas Valanciunas being Jonas Valanciunas. You know, like it's it's the storyline over and over and over again, and we just feel like you know what this is. It might be a time for, to change, but if we stand pat, our young ones are are playing well. We just won a G League um championship, which we can't go unnoticed. So again, pessimistic, optimism You choose your side. Next year, 2017, 2018. Uh, the Golden State Warriors beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Our record huge. Our record was 59 and 23. So we uh ended up first in the Eastern Conference and we lost in the conference finals against the Cavs. Yes, I know the narrative again, Cavs sweep the Raptors. So okay, this was a down year to to me, I guess this was a down year. Um because of the I guess the Expectations, right? You go into you go into this playoff run, and you're first in the first in the East, and you just want to like kind of cut all your demons, um because everyone's looking at you as like, oh, you finally are the first in the Eastern Conference, and but you're gonna get you're gonna get slaughtered by the Cavs. And you know, being the optimistic that I am, I'm saying, you know what? Screw you. We're gonna go through. We're gonna we're gonna kill all of our demons, and we're we're just it's just gonna be. We're gonna to go to the finals. I don't. I don't really care what you guys say. That's the optimistic. That's why I've. I always tell myself and I always tell players that or or other fans that you know I'm optimistic to a fault because sometimes when you're even if you're close to 60 win team you can be swept by you know LeBron. So again, you may think that oh man, this is the best record in franchise history, one game away from 60, first in the Eastern Conference, Siakam, OG, Fred, the bench mob. Oh man, all of them are playing well. What's not to love, right? It was all looking uh, up for the Raptors fans uh, until we faced the Cavs. So <laughs> this was a dark time for Raptors fans because there are so many nightmares that comes to this uh, this series against the Cavs. And you know we won't we we, we can we can kind of talk about the Bucks series where Norm played really well and we we beat them four two in a series. But when it came to the Cavs, oh my God, there are so many things like so many nightmares that still ring loudly in my dreams like you can talk about the lebron floater in game three Demar fouling out in the last game of the series but the one the one that hurts the most and i can't believe i had to watch this again just so i can give you a breakdown okay the missed tips at the end of the end, end of regulation in game one um man. so if you guys i know i don't know if you want to watch it rewatch it and if you don't want me in if you don't want to hear what happened again, uh, you can you know forward this or just stop it. I don't you know if you guys are still listening, I, I appreciate it. But if you're gonna stop listening right now, I understand. Okay. So if you will watch it, the play starts off with Demar dribbling into the lane, um, and he he gets like double triple team, and he cut he jumps in the air, he kicks it up to Fred for a wide open three. Okay, wide open three. He misses it. Demar gets the rebound. But instead of bringing it down and, and getting, I guess, um, balance, he tries to, like, pump fake it, you know? And he, I, like, when you play American, when you're playing, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the hoops outside, you kind of, like, pump uh, pump it and then try it before you land. When you get the rebound, you try to pump the basketball back in. But he, this, he does that. He misses it. C.J. Miles is right underneath the basket. And he tries to tip it in, too. He misses that. And then JV, he is in the best position to get a, uh, a a hand to tip in the basketball. But he tips it with his left hand. Again, he's right hand. Okay, so why not just get the rebound? Anyways, he's left handed. No, he, he tips it with his left hand and he gets the best look. But his tip is too strong. So when he tips it, he, he it hits the back rim and out. And then LeBron James comes out with it. And oh, man so heartbreaking man and you look at the time it's tied on 105 105 and there's four zero zero point four seconds left so like they still have a chance to win it and they almost win it but they but they we go into overtime we we lose that game one but everything about that that tip was like the epitome of of raptors fandom like you're so damn close to winning and if we won and are you can there's so many arguments saying oh if we won that game we could have had momentum or we won that game who cares it would have been a douchebag sweep and uh, lebron and the Cavs would have you know swept us in the way through but if you watch the rest of the series and as a Raptors fan you have to right i watched that i watched every single game after that but you watch that team and they're deflated right They're still thinking of, and you can, they can, uh, you know, I'm sure like Doug Smith or, or Michael Grange, that they were asking the coaching staff, they're asking DC, like, hey, are you guys, you know, still thinking about that game? And no matter what they say, they were still thinking about that tip and how many missed opportunities we could have had to win that basketball game. Because if that tip went in, that would have been over. Right, and you could say that we could have got momentum to go to the finals or whatever, or we could have won that. Who, who? No matter, no matter what you say, no matter what the narrative is, we lost that game by millimeters, and that's what hurts the most. Okay, and and that's why, to me, in this decade, that was the lowest point. I mean, think like the sweep in uh, against Washington that was pretty bad, but this one hurts because of how close we are. All right, so. Oh, I can't believe we're thinking. I need to, uh, you know, watch some puppies right now or something. But God, that that sucked. Okay, so if we can all wash that away, and not have to rethink of all the things that that had to happen because the next year clearly everything, uh, it was a, you know, it was a yard sale. So I'll, let's let's go into the greatest year of Raptors franchise history. 2018, 2019. Champion, the Toronto Raptors. Oh, yeah. So our record, 58 and 24. We were second in the conference. Um, There's a lot to unfold here. So first we see Dwayne Casey, who in the previous year, in 2017, 2018, he led a franchise uh, to their best record in wins, was the first Raptors coach to be named head coach in the All-Star game, and, of course, win a coach of the year in the NBA. He got fired in May. And after a good month of rumors and talks of who's going to be the new head coach, um, I was a big, big advocate of having Becky Hammond being the first woman head coach for the Raptors or for the NBA, for that matter. But uh, regardless, one of the lead assistants to Coach Casey was hired as a new Raptors head coach, i.e. Nick Nurse. Um, Not only that, but... On July 18th, and I'm sure everyone can remember where you were and what you were doing and what you were thinking. I was at work, um, and I was I basically stopped my work and and put on the uh, the, the radio. Um, but Jakob Purtle and DeMar Rosen, the long Raptor and fan favorite, of course, was traded to San Antonio for Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. So there are plenty of storylines that unfolded throughout this season, but most no, lo, notably, load management. Uh, was the biggest storyline where Kawhi only played sixty games of that season, but with the addition of Kawhi and sharpshooter Danny Green, the Ra- the Raptors were no longer looked as a long shot team who just couldn't get over that hump. But in actuality, um, they were known as the title contender. If Kawhi was able to get back to his Finals MVP self, um, and also LeBron shipping his talents to Hollywood, the star was the stars were kind of aligning for the Raptors. But to to many Raptors fans, and I know you guys remember this, the championship run was not smooth sailing. So let's think about it this way, okay? The magic. We lost game one. It was the whole story of, oh, here we go again, right? And then we give them a douchebag sweep. And if you guys don't know what a douchebag sweep is, is we give them one game and then we sweep the rest. <laughs> okay, so if it was a gentleman's sweep, we we win three games, you let them win the fourth game, you win the fifth, and then you hold, yeah. So so all that um. All that being said and done, we we beat the magic pretty pretty handily. It was Philly that, that Philly series that was probably the toughest series and um if you if you guys I, I totally uh would recommend you guys listening to I believe it's uh, it's a Bill Simmons podcast but it was like uh basketball. I'll, I'll I'll link it in in this in this episode. But regardless, they they went through the um the whole uh I guess the what happened next, uh, when it comes to the shot? So you they, they see they watch it over and over again, and not only just for the bounces that that is basically impossible to replicate. Um, it's almost like I think someone uh, did like a whole. Uh, mathematical theory about like the possibility of doing that shot or having that shot go in is like 0.0001 percentage and that like that that's crazy the fact that it was the first ever buzzer beater to win a game seven series to clinch the series uh season series is is just the the possibilities are endless of how not that shot was gonna go in so and then i think the best part about that shot uh, i know that we talked about it countlessly with with jay and trey but it's just the reactions, right so you can you can watch it over and over again of like how the the balance went in but you just watch the the crowd reaction the bench reaction the coach reaction Kawhi's reaction um fans reactions around the around the the, toronto around canada like they everyone was uh video or recording their reactions of who they were watching with where they were watching with and then it was really cool how i don't know if it was Sportsnet or cbc or something who could put all the best reactions from the fans collaboration and it was just it was just fantastic to watch so that was as heartbreaking as it is for sixers fans um thank you for thank you basketball gods finally being on our side the bucks so the bucks we were down 0-2 uh in the series and everybody including raptors fans uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say right now that i i thought we were gonna win it but even even still after 0-2 it was looking kind of dull but we came back um Led by, of course, Kawhi Leonard, him him being himself, and but but also was a pretty good series for for uh, Kyle Lowry as well, and uh, I just if we go back to was it what was it 2016 2017 um, no sorry sorry 2015 2016 where we went to the conference finals, could you imagine uh, could you imagine being able to feel that feeling of going to the conference finals again but now this time we're going to the nba finals so i was elated the fact that we got into the conference finals okay he he absolutely ex- ecstatic excited going just to the conference finals probably being swept by the Cavs, or maybe not swept but we're gonna lose at the Cavs. okay this this year the i i know i i talked about it on i, I believe it was um spread the floor with tobin I told him that the one of the biggest moments for my for me was when Kyle Lowry stole that ball from Chris Middleton and then they drove it for a, a transition bucket. Um, he looked behind him. Kyle Lowry looked behind him and it was Kawhi Leonard. He passed it to Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi dunked it. On Giannis left-handed and this was game six of the conference finals and this was the feeling that itself that bucket right there was the feeling of when I knew that the Raptors were going to the finals the last two teams of a 30 team league that I've been following for God knows how long since my first basketball I re- I got for a present I believe it was a rubber magic or Orlando magic basketball I don't like the Orlando magic well I don't know not that I don't like them but like that was my first ever present when it came to basketball and I knew that my fanhood for my fandom was was going through the roof already for for the Toronto Raptors just because like they were my team and I would never in my life thought that my team would go would go on to go to the finals let alone win a championship so that in itself i'm thinking about it right now it's giving me goosebumps but that in itself makes me feel so excited to think about it again to realize that our team is going to the finals man that is awesome going to the freaking nba finals so we're past that we get that silver ball uh there's red confetti going everywhere we got that you know run the east uh swag that i hope nobody uh, you know it's probably like really really on sale right now because who really wants to dawn on a uh run the east when really you want to get that championship but man that was a good feeling so we go to the finals okay and majority is, is saying that Golden State's going to win because, you know, Golden State has won the, you know, God knows how many of these last five years, right? But, you know, there is war, there. there is a, it's warranted that they aren't healthy, but neither is our team, right? Neither is Kawhi, neither is, everybody's kind of banged up at this moment. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of storylines with if KD was in, uh, if, if, um, Klay thompson is is healthy and and blah 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 sure yes you're right that team is unstoppable but so is injuries (laughs) you play uh the team that's in front of you and you don't make any excuses so i don't think that the golden state warriors fans are, uh, are gonna put in excuses either because you know what They've had to face uh, injuries too, and and they have also uh, won because not not because of injuries. Don't get me wrong, but it it's come into a factor, right? Um, and so the fact that we didn't have to play uh, someone like Kevin Durant for the majority of the series, uh, someone like clay thompson uh for the end of the series is huge it is a it is a big deal and and i'm not and i don't wish injury upon anybody but i do wish a championship so when whatever storyline that you put out there uh whatever you feel about this championship run by the raptors to me it doesn't matter because I've been through the, we've been through Raptors fans. We've been through the years where it was hard to even watch Raptors games uh, on TV. Uh, You go to any Jackasters or any bar in the city uh, during the, the crap days, even during the crap days of the Leafs, there's going to be a Leafs game. No matter what, if you ask somebody, hey, can you change the channel to the Raptors games? They won't even know what channel it is, right? Because who has NBA TV Canada back in the day? I don't think it was NBA TV Canada. But Sportsnet's is going to play Leafs. TSN is going to play Leafs. And if not the Leafs, then they're going to play reruns of the Jays. You know, like, or it, it, it comes to a point where the, if they weren't playing, then they're going to play the Toronto Rock, which Toronto Rock are great, but no one was going to play the Raptors because the Raptors sucked. And that's warranted. But if you're a fan, you want to watch these players and the, this team. And now that we're champions, <sighs> I don't. I don't know, like, how you can't be happy about that, and and or how you can put an asterisk on it. Who cares? Who cares? At the end of the day, that banner, and if you guys are, haven't seen it already. Or wasn't able to see the, the Larry O.B. when it was on display outside of ACC or, or Bank Arena. I still want to call it the ACC. Uh, they had the display on. You got, You could go inside and you could see the, the championship ball and the Eastern Conference Finals trophy. And then you got to see the Larry O.B. and you got to see the banner with all the names around the banner. It was a beautiful banner with how they did it. Uh, it's, God, I sound like Trump. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um it was. It's just a. It's a great moment for, for Raptors fans for so many reasons, right? No matter if you were watching this with your parents who are really big into sports, or no matter if you're watching it with your kids, um, and you're trying to give them your fandom, or no matter if you're watching it alone. Or with your friends who like myself, a lot of my f- my friends don't like don't care for the Raptors. They really don't. I have a lot of friends who love football. I don't know football very well at all, if anything. I have a lot of friends who are hockey fans. And the majority of my friends who like Raptors, honestly, they're kind of acquaintances. <laughs> the my best friend, my wife, she's the biggest Raptors fans I know because affiliation. She was a Lakers fan. Um until Kobe retired and now she's a Raptors fan just because of affiliation with me. And yeah, like no matter what happens later this year, the years past or or the years moving forward, we're one of, I think 11 or 13 teams that has an NBA championship. And I know this out of, out of all things out of, out of all the sports league, this is the one I follow. And if you're listening to this, this is the one you follow right and if the the fact that you're a champion um and the fact that your team is a champion uh, should be enough to not care about any of the naysayers and kind of take it you know take it with a grain of salt whatever they say because back in the day you took it you took it all you took it with pride too, because you were just a Raptors fan and now you're a Raptor and now you're a championship. Now you can, now you can shove it in their face. <laughs> right. And, and that's not that I, that's what I've been doing, but whatever people say, Hey, Kawhi left, and you know, you're not, you're no longer a championship team. It's like, yeah, but I'm a champ, right? I don't care. So with all that being said, uh, that is the Raptors, uh, in a decade. And after going through each year, it's kind of crazy how far these Raptors have come and how far this Raptor fan base has come. You think about 10 years ago, the Raptors saw their franchise player leave to Miami, led by a rookie, uh, Damar and a honey uh, still filled with, still getting money from Palma Pasta. Fast forward 10 years, the Raptors are reigning champions. So as a, as a Raptors fan, no matter, uh, how many crap teams that we had to go through. Um, I always tuned in and still got excited when either it was Leo or Jack or Matt or it was either TSN or Sportsnet or I think even sometimes it was CBC on Sunday afternoon games. Um, no matter where where it was or when it was, I was always excited to watch this Raptors team. Until this day, and hopefully, if I ever am lucky enough to share the excitement with my kid, um, I hope that, you know this excitement and this love for this team uh still continues on um because i know that uh, this this podcast in itself is already cemented my fandom um to just continue talking about them and now i can talk to them with talk and I, i and i've been uh been able to talk to other teams and uh other fan bases and other podcasts of like Uh, they're asking us questions like yo how does it feel how does it feel to be uh, a champion but not only a champion but how does it feel to be like from the from 10 years ago when Bosch left and now you're a champ like how does that feel and to be honest it's hard to describe I've been rambling on for the last 10 minutes trying to come up with the words because I don't know how it feels I'm still going through it so as for Raptors fans like you gotta, you gotta look how far you've come too, man. Because, um, I remember in in 2006 and 2007 season, after a five year absence of the Raptors not making the playoffs, the Raptors were heading back to the finals. Oh, sorry, Raptor the Raptors were heading back to the playoffs, led by Chris Bosh, and we were about to face uh enemy number one, Vince Carter and the New Jersey Nets, and for a teenager as a as a Raptor fan, this was huge news. Like this was epic upon epic news for a Raptors fan. But on the Toronto Star of that year, of that day, wherever I was, I think I was in like the computer lab of my high school or something. I saw a Toronto Star paper. And at that time, I remember the front page was, for all my Leafs boys and girls, Andrew Raycroft, I believe he was the goalie, <laughs> that he was on the front page of the Leafs. Or on the, of the front page of the Toronto Star. And the headline or the tagline or something was something about how Andrew Ria Croft was struggling and how this year was not the year for the Leafs again. Whatever. Okay. That was a front page. And way up in the top, way in the bo- uh, top right corner was um, a very, very small column saying page six, page nine. The Raptors are set to face VC in the first round of the playoffs. That was it. I was vexed, man. I was mad as hell. Knowing that this was a Leafs town, of course the Raptors would never get the spotlight. No matter how successful they were, the Raptors would never get that spotlight because it's the Leafs town. It's the, it's the Jays town. It's the because it's the Raptors, right? Who cares about the Raptors? Especially in 2006, who cares, man? Uh, even if we're facing Vince Carter, that wasn't the biggest news for a Raptors fan. That's the biggest news, but for everybody else, it wasn't. So, how for with this Raptors championship run? and the leafs at this moment still looking for their first cup since forever not i'm not you know shitting on you guys i i still think it's i th- you you guys are really talented and i hope you guys get a get a cup first or at least the jays get i don't know what the world series championship i don't know what it, what that uh trophy is called but anyways um the raptors now if not at the top but at least they are of par in popularity with the big togs in toronto so Raptors fans, you can feel like your team is at the dinner table, but well, not even at the dinner table. Like honestly, because we're champions, at the head of the table and you're allowed to stick your head out. You're allowed to stick your chest out um and feel good about being a Raptors fan. Even if there's all these people who claim <laughs> that they are Raptors fans, that's great. That's fine. You can, I don't care if you don't know who uh Jorge Edgar or Grievous Vasquez, or John Salmons, or Matt Bonner. Who cares if they don't know who these guys are? Who cares if you're if they're donning the the red, white, gold, black, um, Huskies blue, veteran green? Uh, don't matter. If you're a Raptors fan, you're a Raptors fan, and you're gonna be cemented in Raptors fandoms forever. So the, the 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 fan base is open. Whoever wants to be there, jump on because. 2019 was the cherry on top uh and whatever leads us to 220 and beyond it's it's golden so finally personally i want to thank you again for listening i'm so happy honestly i'm so happy and thankful to be able to speak my thoughts on a sports team that i hold so dearly to my chest i've been fortunate enough to have a life partner who understands my fandom and won't hesitate if whatever i'm doing uh because it's the Raptors. Um so even though this podcast is just a year old it has allowed me to continue to talk to my friends uh such as Jay and Trey and Raptors fans alike about a team that I talk about constantly anyways. And if I could summarize what I like the Raptors to do for the to close a decade and for what I would like you fellow Raptor fans to do as well is to enjoy the good so we spend way too much time remembering the bad. And this could be a personal thing or not. You can take it as a raptors thing, whatever. But we spend way too much remembering the bad. We spend too much hours, days, weeks, years remembering the bad. That when something happens, something good happens, we let it go too easily. And it's just a fleeting moment before it passes and we look for the next good. So if we take so much time thinking of the bad, why don't we spend the same amount of time or even more remembering the good, the good old times and looking at that bling on our finger and that banner being raised and and seeing who's with you right now. Just just take that in for this year, for the previous years and for the next years. So goodbye, 2019. Hello, 2020. Let the good times begin. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Oh, I should probably tell you that you can find us at a Red Pod. And you can email us at datsrab at gmail.com if you want me to stop rambling and never, ever, ever, ever do a solo podcast again. That's totally fine because my throat hurts and I don't think I'm going to do this again. <clears throat> okay. Well, thank you for listening. Until next time, boys and girls, that's a wrap.